It's good to see you today. I don't know what type of person you are, but hey, look, we can do a few nudges today of, of what, what you might be. Uh, are you the sort of person that dreams and then later wonders how much? You know, you say, oh, wouldn't it be great to go there or to do that in the house? And then later on, you think about the money it's going to cost. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the principles of multiplication. We're moving out of our giving series. Don't all say amen at once because I know you've all enjoyed it. And uh, next week, I am going to kind of do a hybrid of how to walk into your dreams. So it's a really just a end of half term encouraging message there. I wonder if you're the sort of person though that when you hear an idea you want to hear the numbers. You want to know how much it costs straight away. Because because I've worked on buildings quite a lot. When I watch uh, SOS DIY, have you seen that program on TV? And um, at the end, when the person comes back and they see the renovation of their house, or SOS Gardens, have you seen that? Does anybody watch TV? Let's start there first. Okay, you know, you see the renovation of the garden and the person comes back and they start crying because it's so changed. I start crying because I can work out how much it's cost. I don't know about you, they do spend rather a lot of money. But numbers are important, aren't they? Until we can't really make a good decision, until the numbers are clear, we need to know the bottom line. I had a brilliant idea for you ladies last week, uh, uh, last year, sorry. When I went to India, I thought, wouldn't it be great to bring every woman in the church a silk scarf back from India because they're really cheap over there. And instead of a few daffodils for Mother's Day, I was going to bring you scarves. 600 scarves, and then we worked out the money, and so you had daffodils. It was a really bad idea, but it was a great dream. And how was I going to get them in my case? There was these little details about numbers and space, and, and it was a great idea. And Kathy said, what a lovely man you are. But it didn't happen, because the numbers didn't work. Would it be all right? If God multiplied things in your life, <laughs> okay, one or two of you, you know, instead of just addition, would it be all right if you learned how God could multiply things in your life and you're all getting worried because you're very righteous people and you don't want to hear a message on give to get because you're not greedy? Would you please turn to Luke chapter 9 with me? And we're going to read one of Jesus' most famous miracles, but I always think it's one of his most organized miracles. Luke chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 12. Now, Jesus had been preaching all day. He'd been healing, and he'd been preaching all day. Never mind getting out for half past ten. He's gone past half past ten. We might go past half past ten tonight, uh, today. Uh, half past ten tonight. We might go past half past ten tonight. And he's gone past half past ten, he's gone past eleven, he's gone past three o'clock. You've missed the game on Sky Sports by now and it's becoming late in the afternoon. Verse 12, late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages in the countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. 
You know, imagine the disciples saying, Lord, we're worried about these people. If you're so worried about them, you give them something to eat. Lord, we're being really sensible. You're so sensible. You give them something to eat. And they answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And we know that they only had that because a little boy had given it to them. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. Isn't it amazing how somebody always has a solution that they know will not work, but they just want to prove to you that they have a solution. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. There's a number for you, 5,000. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. There's another number for you. Groups of 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, blessed it and broke them. And he gave them to the disciples and they distributed it out to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. It's an amazing story. I want you to notice the numbers. First of all, it says there were 5,000 men. Uh, Matthew 14 verse 21 confirms this by saying there were 5,000 men besides women and children. So here what we have is about 5,000 families and, and mixed individuals in. And this is probably the largest crowd that Jesus spoke to and ministered to during his uh, his uh, whole ministry. This is a very high point in what Jesus is doing. But it's also a very organized miracle. Getting them to sit down in 50s. And there'll be some who say, I'm not sitting down in 50. I just bought 10. There's 10 of us in our family. We don't know anybody. So why should we sit down in 50? Because can we just sit in our 10? This is our family. Sometimes we have a little bit of trouble. Where, uh, or I know that it's been. And I want to thank you for being flexible. In the set, We've sectioned off some sections in the auditorium. And you've had to move from your usual places. I wonder why we did that today. I want to teach you something about this miracle. Because it's a very organized miracle and you have to be prepared to be organized sometimes in order to see a great thing in God. And here they will have to get in 50s and I'll do more about that later. But I want you to place yourself in this story. Have you ever done that in the Bible? Think that you were one of these disciples. Choose which one you want to be. I know some of you have already chosen Peter and Paul. Paul wasn't there. Okay, Paul wasn't here. Just Peter, James, John, Bartholomew. Choose a disciple that you want to be and place yourself in this story. It's getting late in the day. The afternoon's wearing on. Jesus, you know, you could go to, you know, Jesus, what you're saying has been fantastic, but you, but you know, it's going a bit late. Don't want to interrupt you, Lord, but we do need to take care of these people. It's getting late in the day. 
And they come to him and say, let's send everybody away. Let's do the sensible thing. And, you know, I don't know whether it was somebody who, who came to Jesus to say that. I wonder if it was the 12 standing together and they nominated one person to go and say, tell the Lord to send them away. What did he say? He said, you feed them. You what? You feed them. I wonder how it went down, really. I wonder if it, you had been there, whether you'd just say, oh, I'm just wrapped up in the teaching, and you're starving. But Jesus says, you feed them. Now, they said they've only got a small amount of food. And he said, good. Sit them down in 50s. God's ways are unplanned, but they're not chaotic. God's ways are unusual, but they are not random. They're not unplanned, chaotic, but it will be beyond what you can think, and it will take faith. God's ways are unusual, but they're not chaotic. Have them sit down. The way in our hedonistic culture that we would have done this miracle is to get Jesus throwing out bread. He's just multiplying and everybody's scrambling it and the survival of the fittest wins. But actually, God wants everyone to eat. So he needs a little bit of order there. Notice what happens. Jesus blesses it and hands half of it back to them. Now, you do the maths with me. How many disciples were there who came to him? Shout it out for me. Come on, it's not a hard question. The answer's even in the text. Who came to him and said, Lord, send them away? Shout it out for me. Okay, well done. Well done, you enthusiastic five. So, the twelve come with five loaves and two fishes. That's seven pieces of material to hand out. But you see, Jesus wants everybody involved. So, you're Peter. Come and be Peter, Rachel. Um, have you washed your hands? Because we don't want onion on the communion bread. You, you're Peter. Okay, I'm Jesus. Okay, because that's just the way it is. Okay. So you say, you give me your loaf that you've got from that young man. Okay, so you've given me a whole loaf, and I bless it, give thanks, and break it, and hand. So Peter, are you up or down at the moment? You've got less than what you gave me. To bless. He blessed it and he broke it. And then everybody in the disciples, not just Peter, everybody now has something to give. Twelve disciples have now twelve pieces to give out. You see, if I was Peter, I'd be going, you know what, Lord, I've, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a bit less now. And you, you wanted me to work with less. 
And also, I want you to notice something about this miracle because it's really, really important. We preach it often that Jesus fed the 5,000. Who distributed the food? So where does the miracle happen? As the disciples go and give it out, it multiplies. It wasn't Jesus going, throwing it out to you. I'm the big Messiah here. I'm the king. Come and worship me. Just got this fish. Blessed it. I've broken it. I'm throwing it out to you. No, I mean, if I was been Peter, I'd be saying, okay, and the first fifth group of 50, I'd be saying, take a little piece. Take a little piece. Don't take much. Don't take much. You, you pig, you're taking so much there. Not you. I'm just acting right now. I'm just, we're back in 2000 and naught. I mean naught. And you're not that person who I've just called a pig, okay? But, you know, somebody takes a big bit and say, hang on, hang on. You know, I'd be like, wouldn't you? Or would you be just so full of faith? Oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I mean, Jesus has blessed it. He's broke it. But the miracle happens in the disciples' hands. It's an amazing miracle when you think of it. So how much faith do they need when they stand in front of their first 50 going, okay, take a little piece. Take a little, you know how young you are. You've got a big appetite. Take a little piece. And yet everybody is satisfied. And in fact, they go, oh, can I have a bit more? And by about the third fifth, they're going, do you want some more? Do you want some more? Because it multiplies in their hands. Have you ever thought of it like that before? It's an amazing thing. Of course, Jesus here is mirroring something that happened in the Old Testament. I don't know whether you know this, but in 2 Kings chapter 4, it says that a man came from Baal Shalshah, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread, baked from the first ripe grain, his first fruits, along with some heads of new grain, give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. And he said, how can I set this before a hundred men? Typical disciple there. How can we feed all these people? And his servant asked, but Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have something left over. Then he set it before them and they eat and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. That happened in the Old Testament, 2 Kings 4. Three things I noticed that Jesus is the new Elisha. He's the new Elisha that he can move in power. Secondly, notice that the loaves brought to the man of God were from the first fruit to bless it. And notice when you give in service to others, there's always enough for you to eat. Did you notice why were the 12 baskets? overflowing from this miracle because Jesus is trying to teach his disciples when you give you will have enough for you I mean this is like the miracle doggy bag (laughs) to take with you isn't it I'm just wondering whether or not you think to yourself let me hoard and not give so that you can survive 
I'm just going to teach you today two principles of multiplication. Number one, if you want to have multiplication of your finances and resources, it first must be given into the hands of Jesus. You have to say, Lord, here's mine. And I give it to you to bless and to break. Before it can be multiplied, it has to be blessed. You see, it's the blessing of Jesus that makes the difference. What would have happened on this miracle if when Jesus said to them, you go and feed them, that, Jesus, that they would have said, well, that's what he said. We've only got these five loaves and fishes. Let's have a go. And not taken them to Jesus to be blessed. What if they'd have said, well, he said it. We're just a, a kind of can-do type of people. And some of you in this room are very hardworking. But do you ever take everything that you do to Jesus, place it in his hands first and say, can you bless it before you return it back to me to give out? If you want things to be multiplied, you need to place all of your money into the hands of Jesus, then he can bless it. And I've been teaching you over the last few weeks that that's actually what tithing does. It, it blesses the whole. So as you return that to him and you say, I've now had 100% and now I've only got 90%, but that 90 goes further than my 100. That's what God wants to teach you. He wants to bless it. Not so that you split it up and say, well, I, I do tithe, but I send 5% there to that mission. 5% this, 5% there, 5% to back home to the family and all of this. No, just bring your whole tithe into God's storehouse here and he'll bless the rest. But if you want multiplication, you've first got to have God bless it. It's not just about the tithe, though. It's about you saying, all of my skills, all of my life, everything that I can do, all of my wealth creation, all my pension, everything, everything that you have got and you have given me, I'm returning to you. I say, I place it in your hands so that you can bless it. And then he can distribute it. Now, principle number two, and this is where faith comes in. If you want to see multiplication, it has to be given away so that it can multiply. What if the disciples had said, well, okay, we've got five loaves, two fishes. Let's us eat that, and then Jesus can do whatever miracle he likes. Let's eat it. You know, we've, we've got it. It's going to be a long afternoon. He said, you feed them. We might have to go into town. We might have to... But actually what they did is gave Jesus what they had and gave it to him to use. Principle one, you have to get it blessed. Principle two, you have to be a giver so that he can then multiply it to you. You've got to become a giver so God can become a multiplier. And it's a really important principle. Now, we talked about order. This is the most orderly miracle that we see. It's not just madness. Them throwing out the food and saying, get your food here, God's abundance, just throw it out. Hey, you want some at the back? Woo! All of that stuff. This wasn't a youth convention. 
this was a very orderly miracle. Then they were not throwing food all over the place in an abundance fest. No, everyone sat down. Everyone ate what they needed and they picked up the leftovers. This was not an orgy of gluttony. This was an orderly thing. It was a miracle provision with dignity and order. God cannot bless and multiply if there's not order. What is not treated with care and good stewardship and actually dignity, you know, it breaks my heart when you see on the TV how they distribute food to the refugees. At the end of a lorry, throwing it out, and everybody's grabbing it. That is not the Jesus way. Here, Jesus says, have them all sit down. Now, I just wonder, it just, I don't know, it's not in the Bible, but I just wonder whether there was a family there who said, I'm not sitting with them. Come on, let's go. I just wonder if there was a family that said, who, who, who do they think they are telling us where, where to sit? And, and they said, come on, let's go, it's late. And they missed it. I wonder what you think. And, and as I say, we put the cloths on today, and some of you have moved from your normal seats, and that's fine, but here's the lesson. If you want sometimes to catch something fresh in God, you're going to have to move and group in a group that maybe you're not used to grouping in. Now, I always sit here, don't I? So next week, you can move this chair, if you like, and say, got you, Pastor Mark. But I just wonder whether you're the sort of person that says, don't organize me. Don't let us come together and have any direction. We've never, ever had to sit in 50s before. And surely, Jesus, if he's so good, he could just throw the food out and miss those disciple guys out altogether. Why should I have to obey them and listen to them? Because actually, if you'll give yourself to the humility of organization, then perhaps God can feed you abundantly. Have you got a rebel spirit? that actually even the slightest little ask is a stretch for you. Did you notice this? I am positive that some families miss this because they just didn't want to sit down in 50s. How strange. God cannot bless and multiply what is not in order, what's not treated with care and stewardship. If you're in chaos, it's then difficult for God to bless you. He does bless you out of his grace, but he's looking for people who he can trust, who, who, who bring things into order in their lives. Remember that, uh, that God hovered over creation and brought it to order. He didn't leave it in chaos. You cannot know the joy of giving if your finances are not brought into order. There are three important things that I want to just mention to you in order to bring your finances in order. Number one, get out of debt. 
Now, I'm not talking about your mortgage. That's an appreciation, appreciating asset. That's something, although there are ways you can pay off your mortgage quicker. And I can share those with you if you come to some of our seminars. But um, your mortgage is something that you're investing in. So don't get weird on me here. Although some people I know have already paid off their mortgage. But what I'm talking about is all other debt. Try and eliminate that. Because that is eating into you. You know once did you, can you believe this about me? Shout out yes if you can believe it. I once bought a pink car. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. And, and I used to call Kathy Lady Penelope in it. You know, if you've ever seen the Thunderbirds. And we bought a Hillman Hunter, a pink car. And it was killing us. We were young. And you know what? In the end, we gave it back to the credit company because it was better that they had it than it killed us. We lost a bit of money, but we got out from under it. And my father-in-law gave me a Hillman Avenger. For those of you who don't know what that is, don't look on the internet. And we pulled up into one of those weekend aways and, and we didn't realize the kind of uh, thing it was going to be. And there was Porsche, Mercedes, Bentley, Hillman Avenger with the exhaust hanging off. But you know what? We were happy. We were happy. God's given me cars. I've given cars away. And we're happy. First thing is, get out of debt. Second thing is, be normal about money and be relaxed about it. Don't look for get-rich-quick schemes or manipulate other people. You know the word manipulate comes, has got its roots into witchcraft. And that's why you'll never be manipulated for money here. You see, I believe people need to get to a giving level in their lives that although we will show on this screen uh, crying children or hungry children, I don't want you to give out of an emotional thing about that. And that's why in this series we've not shown you things like that. Because we're not going to manipulate you. Red Nose Day, God bless them. Let them, I hope and Lord, I pray for a, for a breakthrough in that. So even more than now Terry Wogan's passed away. I pray that they get more money, Lord. But there's a very low level of giving if you have to see a bleeding and crying child on a screen in order to move your heart to give. Don't manipulate. Don't try and get money quickly. Don't get into a quick get rich scheme. Understand who your provider is. We have Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So save and earn. Don't just pray and hope. But God will bring miracles into your life. I remember as a student, I was doing a master's degree and so I was a grown-up student. And uh, I, we'd come to the end of the month and the, there was too much month at the end of the money. And uh, we prayed, God, will you be our provider? We had a knock on the door and our door opened into our garage. We opened our garage, all groceries there from a mysterious giver. I've had those testimonies. I know that God can provide for you. You know, um, just a few weeks ago, I've got my Nissan Juke. You know my Nissan Juke, that, that great car that I was going to give to the Lord? Well, the other week, its gearbox went out. And, and in my car sales, they give you an app to check on its progress. And so in this app, I tapped on the app, 
and, it, and, it, and put my number in and it said estimated cost, 10,000 pounds of repair. I'm going, what? I'm not sure the car's worth 10,000 pounds. Oh Lord, what are we going to do? And the Lord is saying, just, just trust me on this. So we call up the company and they say, oh no, 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 that's a mistake. It's now 3,000. So 7,000 pounds has gone down. And then we say, well actually, you know, do you, do you think that you could uh, think through that price? And in the end, they said to us, well, as a goodwill gesture, just play the labour charges and it's £278. Because even though you're outside of warranty and you've done slightly, just nearly too many miles, we just want to show a goodwill to you. So from £10,000, £278. Well, because I've saved, I always keep... 500 to 700 pounds in reserve for things that break, I thought, got it, do that. Take it while you can. God is your provider. Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord praise. So number one, get out of debt as best you can. Students, get out of debt. Uh, if your studies take longer because you've got a part-time job and, you, and you're not running your loan up as much, fine. Get out of debt as much as you can. Secondly, don't manipulate for money. Don't go into get-rich-quick schemes and be normal and relaxed. Thirdly, if you want to bring order, give. Now, tithing is not giving. It's returning to the Lord. Bring that anyway, and God will bless. But here, the... That I want to ask you to think about your love offerings and your gifts to God. Now, you have been giving this week. Did you know that we have fed 35 individuals, 9 couples, 14 families? A total of 114 people have been fed through our food bank this week. I pray that, it be, it, that, that we don't need a food bank, but while we do need one, I know there are 114 people glad for Birmingham City Church. Amen? And that's this week. So thank you and bless you that you are already given. And as you've given and given to the building, you'll see more changes around the building because everything that you give will have the integrity to actually make the changes and not just ask you for nothing so that we can make a good home for people in this city. In a few weeks' time, when we get to the first week of December, I'm going to ask you to extravagantly give. And we're going to give all that money away to missions, to justice issues around the city. There's a home for vulnerable girls that we're going to seed into. A teen challenge, we're going to give money to them. I'm going to ask you to extravagantly give. And I can look you in the face and do it because I know nothing's coming to us. That it's going to be seeded out there. We may even ask you to sponsor some children in Quran. But how do you know Say, so Pastor Mark, well, how do I know what to give? Listen to God's voice. That's my best advice to you. God's going to challenge you. He's going to grow you. He's going to say, when he's, you've got 5,000 men before you, you feed them. And you'll go, how can I do that? But listen to what God says. And it won't be paltry. It'll be astounding. You'll gulp sometimes is what he says to you. It will be a faith step, but it will be a faith step that heals other areas in your life. We all need a revelation that our money is God's money anyway. 
You must only give what God tells you to give. Don't give because you've been comparing with somebody else or you feel pressure from the platform. Don't give by pressure or anything like that. Only give what God in your heart tells you to give. You know, Solomon was told he could ask for anything. Do you remember that part in the Bible when, when the Lord said, ask me for anything? And he didn't ask for anything apart from wisdom. Well, he'd just given 1,000 bulls when the requirement was to only sacrifice one. You see, he was an extravagant giver. And God says to extravagant givers, ask me what you want because I can trust you. And he's looking for people who he can trust. Perhaps the most extravagant thing that you could ask for is that your marriage is fireproofed for the rest of your life. Maybe that's the thing. You know what? I, I am so blessed. I, am, I once asked God for a thousand pounds. And you know what happened? Uh, God gave me 1,256 pounds. It was because I was buying a house. I said, Lord, can I have a thousand pounds for the deposit on this house? It was a very small house. It was a very long time ago because that wouldn't cut it today, would it? And I said, Lord, can I have 1,000 pounds? And the Lord gave me 1,256 pounds, a check in the mail, an unexpected thing. And when we got the solicitor's bill and, and we got everything, guess how much it was? 1,256 pounds. And I believe the Lord was saying to me, you can't add up, son. <laughs> God is going to look after you. But you give from your heart. Don't hear my stories and say, I've got to give a car away. Well, I've got to ask God for that. You give and you be followed. Uh, you follow the Lord for you. Now, you may have to change your lifestyle. You may have to cut back. God may want to change some things in your life so that you can become uh, a giver. But listen, I want to say to you, you've been done so well. Don't back off. On November the 12th, I'm going to put on a, a kind of clinic about how to budget and how to get out of debt. And if that's you, you need that, come on November the 12th. On, on your seats by the side of you, there's a, a little book that I wrote. It's my best seller. It's the only seller that I've had. In fact, I don't sell it. I give it away. And it's a little book called Joined Up Giving. And there you can read some principles of what we've been saying. Down in the uh, life books, there's a book called The Blessed Life. You could buy that and you could learn some things. But I want to say to you, as we come to a close in this series, don't lose heart. Don't back off. Is God saying something new to you? Some of you older Christians here, you've been giving for years and you've been doing the same thing. Is God saying, I've got a new work for you in this? Perhaps the best thing that you could give right now is your heart, your kids, your marriage. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's your life right now. Can I ask the worship team just to come? You know, next year, Kathy and I are married for 40 years. Isn't that great? I mean, who would stick with me for that long? And you know what? This is what I believe. Let's all stand together. This is what I believe. As I said, I've only asked God, for, asked God for money once. And I even got that wrong. But I've, asked, I've prayed to God many times. God, 
Don't let the ministry destroy my marriage. Don't let me not honour my wife. I've actually even said, if you ever see me get a divorce, you know that I've backslidden and walked away from God. You see, the biggest thing that I want in my life is to finish the race with Kathy. That's what I'm asking him for. So I'm not, I, I don't think we should reduce things down to, Lord, bless me with that. Why don't you ask him that your children become missionaries? You know, when I was pastoring a church, and I'm, and I'm uh, just rambling now rather than preaching and just trying to follow what the Lord's saying. I was pastoring an American church, and the Americans make a big deal over baby dedications. But, you know, one of, the, one of the couples came to me, and they said, we'd like you to pray that our children marry the right people. And I was thinking, flipping ink, they're not even born yet, and you've got them down the aisle. But I have come to realize that is an important prayer. Amen. I have come to realize. And she actually, in fact, it was so embarrassing. I'll tell you, I wasn't going to tell you this bit, but I might as well because I'm there and I can't back out of it now. She actually said, would you place your hands on my womb so that every child of mine will marry the right person? I'm going, really? I don't really want to do that. So I got Kathy's hand and put my hand on Kathy's hand. But you know what I'm trying to say is, maybe you can give some important things today. Maybe the most important thing is your dream, your career, your heart, your ministry, your children, your marriage. And you watch how God multiplies in your life. You watch how with a little bit of organization, a little bit lack of chaos, how God says, I can bless you. Coming into order sometimes is hard. But God blesses you. I'm just wondering if there are some parents who want to rededicate their children today. I'm just wondering if there's somebody here who wants to rededicate your career I'm just wondering if you've got a direction that you say, well, I'm just giving you this. Whether you could say, okay, here's my job. It's yours. Is there anybody in the house today that wants to do that? I wonder if there's anybody who wants to just re-give their finances back to God and say, God, I don't know how you're going to sort this out, but I'm giving them to you. Bless this mess. Maybe you've got abundance and you're saying, God, I'm just rededicating it. Hey, as we sing this song, could you do another faith walk for me? Could you bring some things to God? You know what I've been doing the last two weeks? I've been praying over my granddaughter. I've been praying that she serves God all of her life. If I keep talking, I'll start crying because I know God's asked me to put a protective prayer shield around her life. I'm not just being sloppy. I'm, I'm quite, yes. Yeah, I've been praying over her. God, serve. Let her serve you all of her life. Is there something you want to bring to God today? Come on, leave the seat where you're standing and come and bring it to Him. Just come and say, Yeah, I give you my ministry. I give you my life. I give you everything, Lord. Is there anybody here today? Why don't you do that?
just coming around, I'm giving it to you. And you see, what you're doing is you're placing it in Jesus' hands so that he can bless it, break it, and share it out to the world. And again, if anybody is sick in your body, I would like to pray for you today in our prayer team. Everybody all over this place, why don't you just hold your hands out with me and then just in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you just to lift them up to Jesus and say, here's my retirement, Lord. I give it to you. Here's my school, Lord. Here's my career, Lord. Here are my finances.